All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, April 20th of 2023 here. Looks like we got a five-game MLB slate, a three-game NBA slate, and a four-game hockey slate going on today, uh, as well as the uh, Zerge Classic teeing off. Uh, interesting. Should be an interesting week of golf uh, for those watching along and then following the contest uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or over in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it, as always. A lot of good DFS conversation happening over there each and every day. Uh, if you have been following along all week i have been uh sick but starting to feel like myself again feel like i'm finally getting over it so really looking forward to today's show uh have a little more energy than i've had in previous days here but that being said not a lot of questions uh to get us started today we have one in the discord and then one that came in via support i'm gonna knock those two out but if anybody has any questions now is a great time to get them in as always uh, so first part here, first question that came in from Neil in the Discord. We'll hit this one first. So Neil said, uh, Saber score clarification question. When the calculation, you know what, let's just get a build running while we walk through this. Uh, question says, when the calculation says something like 0 0.7 times percentiles dot 99, does this mean that it's calculating the 99th percentile of each individual player, or is it the 99th percentile of the lineup as a whole? So good clarification question, a good spot to get us started today. So what, what Neil is referring to is that if you click on these Sabre scores here, you can do this two ways. You can click on the eye icon and then see what the formula is that is being calculated, or what you can do is you can just hover over this Sabre score formula that auto-populates as a summary statistic, and then that will also show the formula here. So what what um, what this is doing, so I'm just going to walk through all of these. So it's saying my, uh, the sum, my projection, so that is going to be the sum projected score that you see right here as a summary stat. And then second part is this uh, percentiles 99th. So what that is, is that is the 99th percentile of the lineup as a whole here. Uh, if you hover, we, we auto show percentiles 95th, but if you hover, you can see all the percentiles of the lineup. So you see the 25th, the 50th, 75th, 85th, 95th, 99th. Um, you can also sort by those individual statistics. So if you go to your sorting methods, you go down to percentiles, you can open this up and then you can sort solely by any one of those uh, markers here. And then lastly, the last part of the formula here is the average adjusted ownership here. So what you see in the app as a summary statistic where it says own and then shows you a percentage, this is the sum own here. And this is just the regular like SaberSim ownership. Uh, this is not the adjusted ownership here. So that's not shown as a summary statistic. Uh, but basically what we are doing is we are looking at, you, you would essentially like need another column here, which I don't think we have. And it would be like adjusted own. And then what it is, is it's the um, 
average adjusted owned. So my, my understanding is that it is like all, it is basically like the mean of the adjusted ownership of all of the players here for a particular lineup. And then that has its own multiplier here. So uh, if you were to actually like put this all in a calculator, uh, this is what it should come out to, which is about 88 here. I'm assuming that this is probably rounded, but, but that's what it is. So the, the great thing about using lineup percentiles is that if you were to use player percentiles, you know, the, the way that lineups usually work out is that not every single player in the lineup has their 95th percentile outcome. Usually it's like a mix and match. You know, you have some guys who uh, do really well. I think Tommy Edmond from yesterday was a great example, had a huge day, just like 99th percentile for sure. And then you have, you know, some mix and matches. Uh, some guys get maybe their 85th, some guys get maybe their 75th. Uh, I've seen winning lineups, you know, where, where you might have a, uh, guy who who only scores you know in their like 25th percentile but in a sport like baseball you can do something like that where you have these odd lineups but that speaks more to the nature of baseball in general here right is is this um, assortment of players who ultimately get you the win not every single player in the lineup having their top outcome uh, you're probably not going to need that to win probably not going to see that too often here so by using lineup percentiles i think it's a much more accurate representation of what you can see out of a lineup at the top ends so lineup percentiles are ultimately uh, much better than adding up each individual player's 95th percentile to see the upside of a lineup but good question to get us started uh gonna hit this next question that came in via support and I thought this was a really good question. Um, had had a lot of fun um, responding to this user about it. Um, okay, so this question says, I think this is good. So this is a pro user. They said, I've been having this existential crisis lately around min uniques, mostly that if you trust in your sorting metric slash mechanism, Mini Neeks may have an impact on a day-to-day -day basis, but are mostly just making us feel better about the diversity of our lineups on a day-to-day -day basis. Or the, over the course of a season or multiple seasons, they aren't adding significant value over just having a strong sorting metric, uh, basically that they exist to make us feel good, but over the long term, probably not all that important relative to a good metric for ranking. I think as I've spent more time with custom lineup metrics, I've started to realize how much more important those seem to be than min uniques over the long haul. I don't know. I'm willing to be wrong here. Okay. So really good question here. Uh, probably going to spend some time on this one. Uh, but, but what I would say is that in, in theory, uh, I, I do agree with where you're coming from on the basis of this question over, you know, this huge sample size, um, having a strong sorting metric is going to, and, and not using mini uniques will lead, or let, let me say this. If you have a good process, you know, good, good projections, good optimizer, uh, strong sorting metric that over the long term brings the highest actual scoring lineups to the top of your pool uh, over, over a very long sample that will have a better ROI than a process that involves using min uniques. 
But the problem that I have with this is that it might take you so long to get to that instance that you might run out of money before you can get there. And I think that a very good exemplification of this are some of the contest sims that um, users on, on Twitter uh, do. Specifically, I think Nelson Adcock is really good at, at, at showing this here. Just like shout out to him and, and his sims that he runs. So I'm going to show you guys this on um, on Twitter really quickly here because I think this is like super cool. And, and these are old. These are, these are from like uh, six, seven months ago. So this is the first one here. So it says, so um, it says, I ran some DFS mass multi-entry Sims for a user that had an expected ROI of approximately 40% in a GPP, approximately 3K entrance, 25% to first, separating 10K Sims into 10 different groups of 1K Sims. What was the median downswing experienced in buy-ins from their peak? Example, play $100 per slate down $500 from peak equals five. And, and this was like a um, uh, survey that, that users were able to participate in. So I, I voted for 78 per, uh, 78% here. And then when the um, results came out, he said, congrats to the 78.03 voters. In even a relatively small GPP with a huge edge, there is a 50% chance your largest down draw is 78x your total slate buy-ins. And then he said, you know, he, he exemplified the math here. He said it's even more fun at field sizes of 10K plus where it approaches 150X. So so before we move on, I, I have one other example I want to show here. But basically, you know, kind of to summarize this, he's saying that, you know, the the 50th percentile, if you were to take, um, if you were to do like Sims of like your, your bankroll and, and um, kind of show that what are your range of outcomes that you can have across this contest, even with this strong of an expected ROI, there's about a 50% chance that you lose 78% of your slate buy-ins, um, which is obviously a really, really bad outcome here, but but it's still very frequent for a user with a strong expected ROI. And then in a more recent um, like contest simulation, he showed what, um, hold on here. So in a more recent uh, contest simulation, he showed like some graphs of different users across PGA DFS and how they ran. So I'll like walk you guys through them here. So they said a fun collection of anonymous PGA DFS charts from the first eight months of the 2023 PGA tour season. These are for showdown only. And then he, he walks through different players. So like this player has a very low expected ROI or, or this player's like about break even but is running great. Like this player probably thinks that they are just crushing, right? But their expected are their expected EV here is like pretty low. And then you can see like something like the opposite here. So he says this is the opposite of sun running, where this player actually has a very strong expected EV here. Um, but their net, what what is actually happening in real time is actually really bad, right? So it's 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 these um instances, I would say. Uh, this is particularly fun. It says approximately break-even player, but run terrible. 
where you know they're they're like pretty close to break even, but they're just running terrible here. So it's like it's 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 this variance. I mean, this is basically an exemplification of variance in DFS. You could be a really good uh, player but run terrible, or you could be a average player and and run amazing, right? So I think that you know when you take this into account and how frequent this um, is is likely to happen or at the at the rate that this happens, I think it is better to be a little more conservative and use min uniques in your process to try and smooth out the variance to some extent here rather than just let the variance run wild and think that over the long term that you're gonna win more than you're gonna win more with no min uniques rather than um rather than with min uniques. So like in in theory, yes, you would probably over the long term win have a higher ROI with no min uniques if you have strong projections, strong optimizer, strong custom metrics. But I'm mostly concerned about your ability to get there um without using some type of diversification. And if that's in some other part of your process, great. But I think that, you know, this tool that we offer here is an easy way to guarantee that within your lineup set and ultimately help you weather some of those swings. So uh, really good question in, in general here. I think that, you know, we've had a lot of questions about mini uniques lately and more about, you know, how to apply them and stuff. But this is almost like challenging the need for it at all. So really happy to talk about this. Uh, if anybody has any more questions on it, happy to talk about it further. I think those um, graphics that um, Nelson Adcock does are really good. So shout out to him. Uh, but yeah, we're going to keep it rolling. All right. Uncrabby Cabby said, hey, Andrew is playing MLB DFS, a worthwhile investment of your time and money. Uh, so I, I would say, you know, it depends if if uh, you have a strong process where, you know, you feel comfortable with the lineups you're putting in, you know, what are your top 1% outcomes looking like? But if you're asking, like, can you make money at MLB DFS? I think the answer is yes. Uh, great time to plug this. So, you know, I have um, been, been like, jamming in all the entries I can play over on Owner's Box. I would really recommend you guys do the same here. Um, we have our partnership with Owner's Box here. A lot of the contests have been overlaying, which we lay out right here. Um which we say, you know, not to mention all the overlay, which which I see each and every day. Uh, the games are softer. You know, you're not seeing the giant squids of the world. You're not seeing the the Uticals. You're not seeing, you know, a lot of these top pros that you see over on like DraftKings and, and FanDuel uh, playing. It's a it's a smaller site. You know, their their flagship is usually like 2K to first. So I don't think that entices a lot of like the top volume players to build something that supports it. Uh, so that is, you know. A, a great place to play if you know you want to stay away from the sharks right we talk about that all the time contest selection saber sim was like the first major optimizer to support owner's box i've seen that some other optimizers have started to support it but i don't think that a lot of the um sites that like push out projections are like specifically supporting owner's box at the moment so even if the optimizer is supporting it i think that you know a lot of um people get their projections from uh from, you know, RG, Stochastic, uh, I've seen Run Pure over there just 
with the SaberSim support and the partnership there. But I still don't think that a lot of uh, sites are like pushing owner's box yet. And then not to mention that you can earn free SaberSim credit playing over there. So I'm like maxing out all the GPPs every day. I think it's a great opportunity uh, while it lasts. So I've been having success over there. I think that you guys could as well without having to beat rake. That is extra money in your pocket. So I would make sure that if you're going to play MLB, I would start an owner's box and branch out from there. Patrick said, where's the mustache? Yeah, man, I thought it was time to uh, make a change. Uh, I was I was equating it to, you know, an adjustment to your DFS process. You got to make an adjustment, give it some time, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, it's okay to uh, get rid of that adjustment. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it'll make a return in, in the future. All right, Neil said, yeah, finding the balance between mean and neeks and trusting sorting metrics like Sabre score has been a battle for me. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's like the right place for you to spend your time, really. Um, I think that, you know, if you're in a spot where you're like trying to balance sorting metrics, um, if you're on the pro plan, you know, create your own metrics, figure out a balance between mean and neeks and the exposures you're getting, how far into your pool you're diving, like that is where I would love to see most users go in terms of trying to add value as opposed to tinkering in the home screen with projections and minimax exposures or, or stack types or stack combos or other things like that. I think that as far as like value users can add, I think that w- what you are talking about, Neil, is where you can have the biggest impact and I, and I mean, just like positive impact, really. I think that you could definitely have an impact, you know, if you were to come into the home screen and like jack up a team total for Pittsburgh and just, you know, you're going to see a lot of Pittsburgh if you increase this team total to, you know, 7.2, right? But is that having a positive effect on your lineups, right? So I think that the net positive effect you can have from figuring out the right balance between mini uniques, uh, sorting metrics, minimax exposures, stack types, et cetera, in the post build is much greater than you can have from making adjustments in the home screen, unless you're doing it very deliberately with a lot of um, research or something to kind of back up those decisions, right? But that, that I'm not to say users don't do that. Users can't do that. I just think that is a lot more art than science. Um, but I just think that, you know, we, we put a lot of work into our projections and ownership and the way that the optimizer works. Um, I think that your time is best spent here in the post build. All right. Anthony has a question said when building MLB lineups, why isn't pitchers included as part of the stack? For example, four, two stack shows five Mets players. Uh, yeah. So basically because stacking is related to like, the the batters um the pitchers aren't going to be correlated as much to this um to these position players you know the pitchers aren't in the batting order they aren't swinging the bat so they aren't a part of this uh merry-go-round of hits equal additional at bats for another player equal uh runs driven in uh, or runs scored from this player uh we're really trying to capture the lineup correlation for batting purposes here. Uh, we are not including the pitchers as part of that um, merry-go-round effect that that's kind of going on here. 
if you want to control pitchers as part of a stack here, what you can do is go to stack, go to advanced rules, and then you could basically um, say like, hey, um, I, if I if I have a stack, you know, I basically want no pit players from that team. So like, let's say that you want to do a stack rule where you want to do at least four players from the same team, but you never want the pitcher to be part of that stack. You can control that here, or you could say like, hey, you know, um, use use five batters from the same team and then also use their pitcher or something like that. So this gives you a little bit more control here. You could probably do something with the group rules. So if I wanted to say something like, uh, if at least four from the same team, then uh, use no use exactly zero uh, pitchers. And I'm just like making these up, but I'm just trying to show you guys different ways that you can work in some type of rule to monitor your pitchers versus your batters from the same team. So like there there's options in these group automatic rules with these if then rules uh, with your pitchers and batters or there's options with your advanced stack rules for controlling batters and pitchers. So some combination or some it depends what what goal you're trying to achieve by doing that. Excuse me. Um, but but nevertheless, I think that there are options to controlling that. But but that's really why we're not talking about we're not including pitchers as part of a stack because they're not in that batting order, so they aren't benefiting as directly as somebody else in the lineup when a player gets on base, when a player gets walked. Um, etc. like that. <coughs> All right. Neil said, I've been trying to focus on staying in like the top 1500 lineups or so in my 5,000 pool. I, I think that's great. That's something I really try to do as well. Um, I, I really try and stay like in the top 50% of my pool. I'm okay going deep into the pool if I'm doing it like for a very specific reason here. Um, I think a good example is like, if I have, you know, say I'm using this 500 pool, right? Let's say that my bottom lineup is like lineup 550, but that's because I wanted to go and get um, some extra exposure to a specific team that I'm trying to take a leverage play on. So like, you know, lineup 550 is um, Phillies maybe, and I, I wanted to get extra exposure to the Phillies here, but then from 550, it goes back to like 445, and then goes back to like 300. I think that's fine. But if you are like scraping the bottom of this pool barrel where you're playing lineup 560, 557, 552, 549, and like a, a that's like 20% of your 20 lineups here, and they're all coming from the bottom of this pool, I would be more cautious and say, you know, what is causing me to get so many of these bottom pool lineups and then figure out, do I need to drop my mini neeks? Do I need to rethink some of these stands that I'm taking, um, et cetera. Right. So can't, there, there's a little bit of like a touch and feel with that. I, I would say that give it a shot and, and see if you can figure out um, what, what adjustments are having more of an effect causing you to go so far in your pool and which adjustments are not, or if you're okay with those stands. All right, Mike Carr said the projections for owners box MLB have been awesome. Took down my second stolen base this season yesterday. 
afternoon, even with Max as a starting pitcher. Uh, congrats, Mike. Uh, really glad you're having success over there. Yeah, the, the whole Max Scherzer situation was just really a mess yesterday. I know it hurt a lot of users. He was pitching really well, had like a tough first inning, and then he kind of settled in after that. So I had like 90% Max Scherzer on my owner's box lineups. So was unfortunate there, but glad to hear that you're having some success over there. I think that, you know, it is it is a great opportunity early in the season to take advantage of that. All right, everybody. Um, those are all our questions in both, uh, well, from support, from Discord, from YouTube chat here. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. If you guys are uh, building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your mind, just drop it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there. I know that people have questions as, you know, what comes around for MLB, NBA, et cetera. If you guys have questions, you know, drop it in there after lock, obviously after your lineups are all safe and submitted. And then that gives us a steady queue of questions to get going with uh, once we start this show. So until then, uh, until tomorrow, I appreciate everybody's uh, tuning in and good luck in your contest. Take care. I will see you. Bye.